Good morning, church. So good to be with you. Happy New Year. All right. Has anyone heard of the term um, in a pickle? You guys all know what I mean when I say I'm in a pickle? It means that if I say I'm in a pickle, it means I'm in a difficult or I'm in a challenging circumstance. Uh, let me give you an example. Um, let's say that uh, you meet up with a uh, a female friend that you haven't seen for a very long time, you bump into her at the store. And so you start catching up. And you notice that there's a slight bump in her stomach. And so you say, you point to her stomach and you say, hey, congratulations. And she says, I'm not pregnant. I say, you are in a pickle. Okay, let me give you another example. Um, That's a true story. It happened to me. I I do that all the time. I always get myself into trouble. Here's another one. My coworker Bram and I, in the early days of the Croc Center, we would eat at Subway. And this Subway was um, in Kapolei, the one between Target and Ross. You guys know that Subway, right? And a lot of times, it's really windy there. And so... It was my turn to drive, and so I drove my car, I parked my car, and just as Bram was opening the passenger door, a a gale-force wind pulls his door open, and the the door slams into the brand-new BMW that's sitting right next to us. It gets worse. It gets worse. (laughs) The lady that owns the BMW was standing right there waiting for Bram to get out of his car so that she can get into her car. And so what does Bram do? He apologizes profusely. Then he licks his finger and he starts to (laughs) polish the scratch with his Aloha shirt. My friends, I'd say that Bram is in a pickle. (laughs) This morning... We're going to find Jesus in a pickle. And you'll be amazed to see that Jesus does an amazing job to get himself out of this pickle. And so if you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. And we're going to begin in verse 1 this morning. John chapter 8, beginning in verse 1. Listen to what the Bible says. It says, Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At dawn, he appeared again in the temple courts, where all the people gathered around Jesus, and he sat down to teach them. Now listen carefully to what happens next. It says this. It says, The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made this woman stand before the entire group and they said this to Jesus. They said, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now, what do you say? Let's just stop here for a bit. These verses are kind of uncomfortable, right? yeah? But as uncomfortable as these verses are, I think these verses highlight something very important. 
These verses highlight the seriousness of sin. You see, God is a holy God. And all sin grieves his heart. And the Bible says that the wages or the results or the consequences of sin is death or spiritual separation from God. And so because of sin, there is this great chasm between God and human beings. Sin is a big deal. The seriousness of sin cannot be ignored. As the people of God, we cannot treat sin casually. We cannot have a careless attitude towards sin. And so as we begin a new year, I think it's important for us as individual people of God and for us as a body of Christ, as the church, to confess our sins, to take stock, to take inventory to repent of our sins, to grieve deeply over our sins, to say, search my heart, O God, and see if there's any sin, any wicked way within me. And so firstly, we learn that sin is serious to God. And so back to the story, we see that these religious men, they interrupt Jesus while he's teaching, and they drag this woman into the temple court. And they make her stand in front of everyone. And they announce and expose her sin for all to hear. Adultery. This woman committed adultery. Now the question is, why would someone do something like that? Why would... these religious men drag a woman into the temple court and expose her like that. Try and picture being in her shoes. How would you feel if someone exposed your sin, dragged you into the front of church right here and announced and exposed your sin for all to hear? You'd feel embarrassed. You'd feel alone. You'd feel discouraged. You feel like you're the only person that's the, the, the only sinner in the world. And this is probably exactly what this woman felt. She felt alone, embarrassed, ashamed. Well, the next verse reveals the evil intentions of these religious men. It, the next verse reveals their true motives. L- listen carefully to what the Bible says next. It says, they were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing Jesus. These religious men were using this woman as bait in order so that they can catch Jesus doing something wrong. Jesus is in a pickle. You see, if he says, yes, go ahead and stone this woman, then Jesus' reputation for compassion would be ruined. If Jesus says, no, let this woman go, then Jesus would be accused of contradicting the law 
of Moses. Jesus is in a pickle. Can you picture the scene with me? There's these teachers of, of, of the religious law and these Pharisees with stones. I mean, they're not wimpy little stones like these. There's, they're heavy stones. They're large stones. They're stones that can put a person to death. And they're holding these stones. And they're waiting to hurl these stones at this poor woman. Waiting to administer the death penalty. Waiting for Jesus to give them the green light. But listen carefully to what Jesus does next. The Bible says that Jesus bent down. And he started to write on the ground with his finger. And these teachers of religious law, they kept questioning Jesus. And so the Bible says that Jesus straightened up and said to them, If there is any one of you without sin, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground, Listen carefully to what the Bible says next. It says, At this, those who heard, those who heard Jesus began to go away, one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left, with the woman still standing there. What happened? Well, the tables got turned. And these religious men got a taste of their own medicine. You see, these religious men realized that they too are not without sin. And I just picture them dropping their stones and trying to walk away, hopefully unnoticed. Dropping their stones, douche, and walking away, hoping that, they would, hoping that others wouldn't notice. I love this scene. If you can picture and imagine how sweet the sound of those stones falling to the ground must have been to the woman. With the sound of each stone falling to the ground, douche, it actually communicates a message to this woman. The stone falling to the ground, douche, communicates and whispers, you are not alone. Another stone falls to the ground, and the stone whispers to the woman, that's another sinner walking away. You are not alone. And another stone plummets to the ground, and it whispers to the woman, that's another sinner walking away. You are not alone. And another stone drops to the ground, and the stone whispers to that woman, that's another sinner walking away. You are not alone. You see, I think sometimes the enemy uses this tactic of making you feel alone in your sin to pull you down. The enemy will isolate you and make you feel like you're the only one that's a sinner in the world. And the enemy will whisper in your ear and say, you're messed up. You're weird. 
You're perverted. No one struggles with sin like you do. But the truth is that we all struggle with sin. You are not alone in your struggle. In fact, in Romans 3.23, the Bible says this. It says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You see, truth be known, you and I, we're not too much different from this woman caught in adultery. You and I, we struggle with sin. We struggle with doing the right thing. We struggle with having the right attitude. And so the question for us is, is is there hope for us who struggle with sin? Is there hope for this woman caught in adultery? Listen to what the Bible says next. Let's continue on in the story. It says, Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one accused and condemned you? No one, sir, she replied. And listen carefully to what Jesus says next. He says, Then neither do I condemn you. Go now and leave your life of sin. This woman finally meets someone interested in loving rather than exploiting, in forgiving rather than condemning. She must have felt so overwhelmed by Jesus' words, words that communicate love, acceptance, and forgiveness. You see, though we struggle with sin, though you and I struggle with sin, know this, you are loved, accepted, and forgiven. Listen to what the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 35. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. My favorite passages. When I feel discouraged or far from God, I I just recite this passage of Scripture. Romans chapter 8. Listen to what Romans chapter 8 says. It says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Do you know what those verses are saying? It's saying that you will be loved in every circumstance, no matter what. It's saying that you'll be accepted without reservation. It's the Lord's promise to love you no matter who you are or what you've done. God loves you deeply. The story ends 
with Jesus saying to the woman, then neither do I condemn you. Go now and leave your life of sin. Man, I wish I could read a biography of this woman after her encounter with Jesus. We don't really know what happens to her, but I know this. For her, it's a new day. It's a new beginning. The day started off looking like it would be the worst day of her life. But it ended up being the best day of her life. She has an encounter with Jesus that changes her forever. A new beginning, a fresh start, a second chance. And you too, as we begin a new year, can experience a new beginning. Listen to what 2 Corinthians 5.17 says in the Bible. It says this. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I don't know what you're struggling with this morning. I don't know where you've been, what you've done, what you're ashamed of, but I know this. You are not alone. You are loved, accepted, and forgiven. And you too can experience a new beginning. You see, just like that woman was caught in adultery. We too deserve death and condemnation. But instead of death and condemnation, God offers us love, acceptance, and forgiveness. And that's through His Son, Jesus Christ. Through His Son, Jesus Christ, we can have a new beginning. We can experience a new day, a new start, a new life. You are not alone. You are loved, accepted, and forgiven. And you too can experience a new beginning. Amen.